because when you think when you know that afterwards you're going to say I'm such an idiot why did I do that I got it wrong I went red I didn't give all my information you're going to terrify yourself because you know what's waiting for you at the end of it and it's you verbally bashing yourself in your head so if you can think with a client ahead of time like all right how do you want to deal with this if you get stuff wrong like is it more important that you try or that you get it perfect and actually most of the time it's well actually is that I try Hi everyone, this is Joseph, your host on today's podcast, and I want to welcome you and thank you for joining me today, especially our guest, Anna Manning. On Coaching in Focus, we look into different areas of coaching practice in order to spark some curiosity in the profession. My guest today is the very wonderful Anna Manning and Anna is a life coach and she specializes in supporting women who have been successful in their careers and are successful in their careers and at work to increase their confidence and by doing so they can do say and be how they really want to be and how they truly are at work. Anna's clients finish their coaching sessions feeling comfortable to speak up to challenge, to lead themselves, and also to lead successful teams. All of this while showing up authentically as themselves. lucky it's August and the sun is shining it's unheard of in the UK (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um so before we get into our topic today it'll be really great to hear a little bit a bit more about yourself um and perhaps your journey into becoming a coach as well yeah sure so um I'm a lawyer by background, but I've always been really interested in like self-development. I used to be like the um, sad kid with the self-help book that I got from the jumble cell. (laughs) (laughs) I've always like really loved it, been really interested in it. Um, So I've always like done loads of reading, loads of training. And then when I first became a manager, I was I was managing a team of people who'd had loads more experience than me Mm. and were all older than me. And suddenly I was like, oh no, like this could be bad. So I was looking around for kind of leadership development stuff externally. And I came across this podcast that was about coaching for leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started listening to it and I was like, oh, coaching, that sounds interesting. And a little while later, um, a friend who works in organizational development said, oh, I'm I'm going to a coaching day where you get like a taster and you can try it out and see what it's like. And I was like, oh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'll come along. It's just on a Sunday and I was free. So I went and the guy who was running it said, right, has anybody got a problem that needs, they need help with? And the next day I had to go into work and tell my boss whether or not I was going to stay in the secondment role or go back to my old role. Mm. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I'd been thinking about it for months. So 
I just volunteered myself and he made me sit on a chair with him in front of like 40 people and he coached me for about 15 minutes and at the end of it I knew exactly what I was going to do so that was your first experience of coaching actually being coached exactly yeah and everybody said to me afterwards were you was that real or were you a plant and I was like no no it was real (laughs) you're like yeah yeah it was a real thing it was a real challenge (laughs) yeah and then that day I decided as well as knowing what I was going to do about my job I was also going to you know trying to become a coach oh wow wow and you um tell us perhaps a little bit more around you know how you coach yeah so I typically work with people for a few months Uh and you know we start with looking at the whole of life all of their work stuff getting like a really rounded picture of someone Mm. And, and I do goal setting with clients but not sort of smart goals more like who do you want to be? What's it going to look like when you get to this? Like whatever it is that you're trying to get to, what's that going to look like? How How is it going to feel? How are you going to be different? And then we coach week after week on the goal, keep looking at the goal and whatever comes up for them or whatever areas they want to work on towards that goal. Um, but I'm really interested, I guess, in people's thinking and their feeling and what they're believing and how that's impacting what they're doing now and what yeah. would have to be different once they were actually at the goal yeah so we start by kind of we're always looking at whatever's presenting but we're always kind of getting underneath it to see all right well why is this actually happening what are you actually thinking and feeling that's driving what you're doing and how can it be different which is our topic today really isn't it it's kind of examining our thoughts and seeing how they interlink with our behaviors uh, and also discuss your experience in supporting people um throughout their journey into understanding their thinking patterns so you mentioned beliefs there you mentioned thoughts how do you think that our beliefs can get in the way of us achieving our goals yeah well to me a belief is just a thought that you really practice thinking and Mm. you think it's true Mm. so typically when a client when you realize that a client believes something, they, they may not have questioned whether or not it's true. It's just like, a, well, that's just the way the world is. That's just how things are, right? Mm. And if you have a, a belief which is really getting in the way of your goal, you may never have thought to question that belief yourself. But one of the great things about working with a coach is that you can actually have somebody else say, well, wait a minute, like, is that even right? Yeah. And like I'm a lawyer by background so like if you want to throw beliefs around in a coaching session you you like better be ready with your evidence to back it up (laughs) not not in a harsh way but actually your law law, um studies have um have served you really well in your coaching profession as well they actually have like when I first started I was like that's going to go out of the window there's going to be nothing in there but actually like the analysis and the Mm -hmm. the um really looking at something and saying, well, actually, what is the evidence for that? Yeah. Do we have any or not? Yeah. And like, is it good? Is it flimsy? So that approach you know, of really examining a thought and asking questions about it. And I guess it's easier if there is a coach or somebody to help you with that process, because it can be quite difficult really stopping and thinking, huh, you know, is this thought actually really serving me? Yeah, exactly. Like I've been working with a client recently who, um, would say, well, I, I just I can't really do that kind of thing because it's just not in my nature. And, you know, you wouldn't, if that was me, you know, I probably, I just assume that that's true. I don't even think to question it. 
so yeah. when you're when you're actually working with someone you can say oh really like when did you decide yeah that was your yeah. nature yeah. and is that really true like do you do that in every circumstance and they're like oh well actually no yeah Okay. It becomes quite automatic, isn't it? Which makes it a lot more difficult to spot yeah. unless somebody puts out that mirror, which is what a lot of us coaches would do in a way. Yeah. yeah. So what you seem to be telling me, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that there, there is a link actually between what we believe and then how we behave or how we perform. Particularly, I know a lot of your clients are, you know, employees and based in a work environment, organizational setting. What do you think? Is there a link between the two? If you have a particular belief or if you have a particular thought about your circumstance, that thought is going to create how you feel mm. and how you feel is going to drive your action. So loads of my clients will say, oh, I hate speaking up in meetings. And when you look into why, they'll tell you that right before they right before they have something to say right before they say it their brain will say something like that's a stupid idea mm. and so that the action that they take is to not do anything is in, yeah. in action is to stay yeah. completely silent yeah and it amazes me as well kind of thinking about this um how many people including myself at times we just absorb the thought we just believe it to be true we believe it to be us as well so i might be in a in a situation where I'm uncomfortable or I don't know, I'm not feeling particularly confident and a thought might come to mind. And I, I will just automatically think that that thought is me rather than, okay, that's something that I am thinking. Um, is it actually true? Does it really reflect how I feel? Or is it just an automatic process that I've learned throughout the years because it's been reinforced? Yeah. And I always say to my clients, like, don't believe everything you think. Mm, yeah. But but that's something that I don't think we really get taught. No, mm. no one ever told me in school, like mm. the thoughts that you think, the sentences that like appear in your mind are not like a news report. Well, they are a news report, right? They're not necessarily true. They're just a sentence that your mind yeah. is offering you. Yeah. And if you're just buying everyone hook, line and sinker, yeah. you can get into real difficulty. Like yeah. I just said to you before this podcast, my brain said, you haven't got anything interesting to say. No one's going to, no one yeah. wants to hear what you have to say. Yeah. All right, because I'm yeah. so practiced at it, I can be like, oh, thanks very much for, the, for that information. <laughs> so instead of stressing me out, it actually kind of amuses me now. Like there would yeah. be moments where it would, where I would find that really hard. Mm. But imagine that was somebody who didn't even know that their thoughts weren't necessarily true. They would have felt so terrible coming to record a podcast because their yeah. brains told them they've got nothing interesting to say. And they think, well, maybe I really haven't. Yeah, completely, completely. You just absorbed that. And I was also thinking, as you're saying this, that this is where coaching can be really, really powerful because then you can support somebody to really understand which of those thoughts are really them, like what makes you know, that individual so unique? What is it at the core of who they are versus of what they think they are? I know we're going a little bit meta here, do you see what I mean there? There's difference yeah. between, you know, who I think I am versus who I really am, my values, what's important to me, yeah. Yeah, my actual skills and strengths rather than what I think about them. Yeah. And I often like when clients are saying like, oh, I should do that or I should be like mm. that. That's like a little indication that actually, all right, well, is that even you? Like whose voice is that? Yeah. That, is that it should, society's it? voice yeah like who is that who's saying that and I know when I when I say should I'm like mm, 
wait a minute, is that even me? Or did I just inherit that from somewhere? Mm, and do yeah. you really, do you really want to do that? Do you really want to think that? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's like, oh no, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can completely hear you there. Um, and I find myself as well in those situations picking up on that should. Um, the other thing that I find also helpful which links into this because sometimes I can find evidence. So I might say, I don't know, I'm going to make something up because it's not entirely reflective of me, but you know, you talked earlier about presentations or delivering a particular um, presentation to an audience. Um, and I might just say, do I have evidence that um, I am going to be nervous? For example, I might say, yes, I have the evidence because I have been nervous before. Mm -hmm. But then for me, there's an element of, is it helpful to still hold that thought? So I might have the evidence, mm. but is that thought still serving me? Because mm. um, I might have the evidence, but actually I might want to change that thought. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why with clients, I'm always saying, well, actually, you know what? You can think whatever you want, but does mm. the thought get you the result that you want? Nice, yeah. I.e., does it create a feeling that you need to take an action you need to take in order to get the result that you want? Yeah. And they might say in that case, like, uh, I, the result is that I'm, I'm so nervous that I can't speak in the presentation. All right. So do you want to, do you want to keep that thought or is there something else that you can, is there something else that you can hold? Mm. And sometimes you're going to have to hold a couple of thoughts at the same time. And one of them might be, yeah. I'm going to be nervous and that's okay. And it's possible that this presentation could be interesting. Yeah. 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 Completely. And sometimes when I'm working with clients, I do try and kind of do like a bit of a ladder thought with them. So hmm. they might not be able to get to this presentation is going to be like TED Talk, epic standard. But they might be able to believe it's possible that people are interested in the information that I've got to share. Yeah. Yeah. And that thought feels a lot more neutral and allows them to just get stuff out. Yeah. Which is, I think that's perfect. I, I really, really like that. It resonates a lot with me because also I'm thinking, you know, sometimes when we ask clients to you know, give us a goal or to talk about a goal, a lot of them might go for perfection. Like you said, I'm going to do that presentation really well. I'm going to smash it. But sometimes a client might just simply want to explore the next step in that ladder. What is it going to be for me to move from here to here, to move from a seven to an eight? because I know that I, maybe I don't even want to be a 10, who knows? Um, it's such an interesting point to mention. I think when you're thinking about the negative self-talk again, you can, you can think with a client ahead of time, all right, how are you going to treat yourself? How are you going to speak to yourself after this presentation if it doesn't go exactly the way you want? Because when you think, when you know that afterwards you're going to say, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? I got it wrong. I went red. I didn't give all my information. You're going to terrify yourself because you know what's waiting for you at the end of it. And it's you verbally bashing yourself in your head, you know, or even out loud. So if you can think with a client ahead of time, like, all right, how do you want to deal with this if you get stuff wrong? Like, is it more important that you try or that you get it perfect? And actually, most of the time it's, well, actually, is that I try. Okay, well, how do we like make sure that you're gonna treat yourself well? Yeah, and there's that that level in there where if I'm in that presentation and I'm also thinking about what I'm gonna say to myself if it doesn't go as planned, I'm actually not focusing on giving that presentation. I'm thinking about something else which is gonna throw me off. So it's a bit of a 
cyclical kind of um, downward spiral, isn't it? Where I'm just thinking about something and it's making me feel worse. My output is yeah. worse. Yeah. 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 And around that, like, I'll, I'll get a client to like really deconstruct, like what is happening in that moment? What were you thinking? How are you feeling? And then what happened because of that? So they'll typically say things like, I went into my own head, like you just said, I was in my own head. I was just thinking, I kind of left the room mentally, even though I was still there. Then I forgot stuff. And it's like, okay, well, look what that thought is creating. Mm. Look what those thoughts are creating. Like it's all stuff that you don't want. And once people get that insight, they somehow magically <laughs> start to be able to shift it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes complete sense, doesn't it? Um. I was, you know, as you're talking about this, I'm wondering how you balance these type of coaching sessions that you have with your clients with, because I know you're an ICF trained coach. So how do you then uphold the ICF competencies, particularly not giving advice, um, which is such a key core thing for us coaches. So how do you balance that? How do you balance um, um, a coaching relationship where you don't give advice whilst at the same time still help somebody explore the thinking patterns yeah so I guess I always talk to well I, I always say at the beginning of every single client session I won't give you any advice and I realized the other day that is much a reminder for me as it mm. is for the client yeah so I work on the basis that I don't really know like what they're thinking and feeling and what they're doing and what's going to be best for them so I'll leave that with them but I'll help them to get somewhere but in terms of like spotting those thinking patterns and thinking about how they can shift them, there really isn't any advice I actually have to give them. Mm. I'm not giving them any advice. I'm literally like mirroring back to them, like, look what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I might take them through like a model to, for them to, you know, be able to really see it for themselves. I guess if at that point I was saying, and I think you should do this, but, but I don't do that, but it's like, okay, let's explore it. Like, what thought would you need to have in order to feel calm or whatever it is you want to feel? And then how do you, how do you kind of get there? So I remember when you first trained me and you were like, you never give anyone advice. I was like, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do that. <laughs> but now I'm just like, what a lovely position to be yeah. in. Like, I don't know. And I don't have any advice for you, yeah. but you know, and when we talked about belief earlier, like one of the beliefs I hold completely is that they can meet their goal. Mm. And I've, hold that like so strongly for them even when they don't believe at the beginning that it makes it easy for me to think well they they know it's such... as long as they can see they can they can get there yeah all I was going to say is that it just really shows how much trust you need to have um, in that relationship in your coaching you're trusting them completely that this is their goal this is their journey you know they're going to um support themselves in getting there you're obviously helping them but ultimately you're trusting that they are the ones who are going to make the choice they, they're the one who's going to choose which thoughts they want to tackle for example yeah mm. yeah that's true and I think you know when when you talk to a client initially you kind of I guess you suss out are they really in for this because actually it will require a a bit of discomfort yeah. and it will require someone who is resourceful and who is you know who can um you know take things away and m make those changes and really think about things themselves but it's not with the kind of clients I work with they tend to be 
you know, they're, they're doing really well in their careers. They're, they're on it as people. So this is just like another aspect that is that it's really nice to work with people like that. Cause they're just like, I went away, I did this, I come back, I'm doing this like brilliant. Yeah. 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 Make my job easy. Yeah, it does. You also mentioned, Anna, you mentioned some frameworks and models. Um, are there any that you find yourself going to more often um, that help people work through limiting beliefs? Yeah, so I have a couple that I use fairly frequently. Um, one of them is, well, it's just called the the model mm. from the life coach school, but basically it's it's based on what you're taught in in coaching, which is that there is a circumstance which is neutral. Mm. You have a thought about that circumstance. The thought generates how you feel, and how you feel drives all of your action. Yeah, and your action or your inaction gets you. A result yeah. or doesn't get your result yeah. um and really using that to kind of help clients walk through like exactly what is happening that you don't want to be happening and why yeah helping them understand that um and then the other one is uh, the work the work by baron katie mm. um who i love and the the process of inquiry that she uses is just a few questions to help you think about whether a thought is actually true yeah so if you're holding a belief or a thought, the questions that she uses are like, is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? What happens when you believe the thought? And then who would you be without it? Like what happens if you don't believe mm. it? And then she gets people to turn the thought around. So say the exact opposite. And is that more true? Is it true? Is it more true? And it just really helps people to just sort of start to kind of wiggle like say an, an idea is really firmly embedded it just helps you to kind of just start to shake it a little bit and see um and I really like that I find those really useful. I really like that because of the way that you've talked about them as well is not just about using the model but actually the model is more of a platform for that discussion to happen so even when you mentioned the first you know the you know the a to e kind of cognitive behavioral type model you know the activating yeah. event etc there you know there is and typically when we look at like cbt interventions they're very much so in a table format and they're quite rigid something that i really like about coaching sessions that you can use a model but you can just use the questions through the model and you can support somebody through you know that conversation rather than having an, a written tool as such which sorry yeah exactly and actually sometimes I will just have something in the back of my head so somebody will typically tell you a story right mm. they don't give it they don't give you the information in that nice like fashion yeah. unless they're really practiced in it but when they're telling the story I'm listening out for all right what is their thought about that how mm. did they feel and it, or what did they do and all that all I already kind of start to plug it in my own head so I can be like okay where do we go yeah yeah it's really nice I love the idea because you are in a way again going back to that lawyer you're finding the evidence as well for yourself to help you understand how best to support your client based on the information that they're giving you that's really nice yeah. it's really nice. and you know right when you're coaching that you can think you know you might have a model that you're trying to work through and the client yeah realizes and then and then goes and you're just like okay here we go exactly so you, you may not even get to the end of something that you think when you've started it and actually you're like where are we going and it, it's always somewhere yeah, so yeah it's a question that i you know we get a lot on the diploma where people just say you know what happens if i start on a model 
but then the client goes off tangent and goes somewhere else. I think that's 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 great. You know, your your conversation is with the client. You know, you know, the model is there to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess if somebody asked me that, I'd say, well, you'll find out. Won't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It will naturally continue from there. So it's really interesting. Yeah. And it's great to see how you use the model, but not in a strict way. I'm, I'm also guessing, by the way, that this type of coaching, you know, we use the phrase transformational coaching, but it seems to me it is very much so about supporting people transform. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I guess when I'm thinking about transformational I guess there's two elements to it one is that you could you can you can think about like the goal being in some way like transforming so is it gonna like really shift how you do things or how you feel or how you show up and that will be transformational in terms of your life or specifically around your work or your career which is the kind of stuff I do um but also like it transform the transformation comes like internally well like what do you think what do you believe and then how does that come out so I was thinking about this recently because I had a client who I was working with who who it turns out holds the belief that it's their job to fix everything that they that they come across and this this goes you know it it it, it came up in about three different scenarios and back in the belief in the back all the time was it's my job to fix all of that I have to take all this on myself and do all this and you know it's quite stressful quite stressful thing to believe and to me in 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 transformational coaching you you will look to see what is create like what belief is actually creating this situation for this client over and over again in so many different areas of their life because once they shift that belief if they do, if they want to, those, it won't keep happening. So you could just coach on the individual thing and mm. say, right, well, next time, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, which will be different. Fine. But it'll keep coming up and it'll keep popping up. But when you do that, for me, that transformational work is, is what do I realize about myself or the world, which like is a paradigm shift, which means that that you don't have to keep coaching on that particular issue because it, becomes something that not an issue anymore so as you were saying that something that just came to mind is that sometimes people can also start feeling quite lonely because they might be seeing or they might be mind reading other colleagues and think oh they're getting on with it they know what they're doing but look at me over here and I've got nobody else to talk to until we have something like coaching which becomes a lot more mainstream in organizations yes yeah, exactly yeah I ran a um uh, a workshop actually for for loads of women who were you know fairly senior in the NHS and I think there was about mm. 70 of them on this call and none of them could believe that other people had the same thoughts as they did yeah. and actually it was it was really even if people only walked away with that after the hour like it was definitely worth it for people to know that it isn't just yeah. you know it's not just them it is kind of a normal function of a, of a brain and, mm. and, you know, you don't have to believe it all. But yeah. Yeah. That realization is kind of that starting yeah. point. You mentioned workshops there. Do you also work with groups then? Um, yeah. So part of the coaching that I do is via a kind of program. So you have your individual coaching. We typically work together for about three months, but everybody starts and ends at the same time. So you have your individual right. coaching over that time, but I'll also do like three 
kind of community sessions and in those will be doing the don't believe everything you think this is how your brain's working this is normal here's some of the stuff that you can do maybe teaching a bit of self-coaching that those kinds of things and together with the coaching it's really powerful because you can actually do a bit of teaching to help people see all right what is actually going Mm -hmm. on in your brain and you can change it like a bit about neuroplasticity that kind of thing um so then you don't have to do any of that really in your coaching sessions because people are already getting it in the community sessions but it also means that they see other people at their level who are having the same issues and they're like oh brilliant it's not just me um so yeah it's really nice it, it 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 kind of puts boundaries, doesn't it? Because one of the reasons why we don't give advice because then it just blurs the boundaries between when you're coaching or mentoring or consulting. But by having separate group workshops where you know people know that Anna, you know you're gonna you know you're gonna give them some tips or some ideas, but then in the individual sessions they're doing the work. You're not giving advice. It really helps to set those boundaries, and I think it's a lot more ethical as a practice doing it that way. Yeah. Well. I think, yeah, I didn't really realize the benefits to that in the beginning, but it certainly seems to be working really well. So, yeah, we're going to keep mm. doing it. We're, we're getting quite close towards the end of our podcast, Anna. But before we end our podcast, it'd be really nice to hear if there's any tips or anything that you could suggest, perhaps for some of our listeners who might be in the situation or who have never really thought about examining their thinking patterns are there some small wins that you could suggest? Yeah, I think the first thing is to just remember that a thought is just a sentence that appears in your mind and you don't have to believe it. Mm. And I think second, know that because you're thinking something that's making your life hard, there's nothing wrong with you. Your brain is programmed to look for risk and danger and potential difficulty. And it thinks it's doing you a good job. It might be causing you a problem, but like go easy on yourself because even though those thoughts might not be true and even though they might be causing you difficulty, you're not bad or wrong for thinking them. It's completely normal. So, yeah, there's that kindness, isn't it? That we show other people we show, you know, yeah. are we showing that to ourselves? Yeah. And I think people yeah. struggle with that so much. They say, well, you know, I have to be this harsh on myself because otherwise I won't get things done. And, you know, I won't turn out work to a good standard. And it's like, is that really true? Like if you had a colleague who sat next to you all day telling you how rubbish your work was, do you think it would motivate you to get more done? And they're like, mm. oh, no. And you say, well, it, you know, that's what you're doing to yeah, yourself. Yeah, right. You're the colleague that's in your head 24-7. Nice. Thank you so much, Anna. It's been really nice talking about all of this stuff. And I and I think our listeners are going to get a lot from this, particularly the practical tips that you have given us. If any of our listeners um, want to also get in touch with you, I assume that is okay. Um, is there anything that you're doing the next few months where you know they can interact with you as well? Yeah, sure. So I'm doing... Um a free training starting on the 9th of September and it's a free four-part training weekly training um over September and it's called brain school and basically it's all the stuff they didn't tell you at school about how your mind is operating 
And it's mm. really to help you look at like what you're thinking, what you're doing and how you can reframe some of that and do things differently. So if if you have like that internal drama and that internal stuff going in that's making stuff difficult for you, then come and do the training. It's going to be really good. And there's one other thing, which is I can um, I've got like a it's a bit it's just like a worksheet, really. And it's five ways that your mm. negative self-talk might be holding you back at work. And it just like walks you through some of the stuff that might be happening that we see typically. Um, so it's a nice place for people to start if they think there might be an issue for them. Oh, great. Great. And we can also include that then as part of the as part of the downloads. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You'll find it in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Anna, for spending a little bit of time with us today. I I really enjoyed the conversation. And as I mentioned, I'll keep all the links in the show notes if anyone wants to get in touch. Thanks. You have been listening to our podcast, Coaching in Focus, and I'm Joseph, your host. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Anna Manning. And if you have, it would be absolutely fantastic if you could rate the show or leave a comment wherever you found this podcast, or even tell your friends about it. We're available on all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So until I see you again, thank you so much for listening and take care of yourselves.